0: You're live from the Stu Podcast It is me, Robbie Digital If you're wondering why you can see me Because we've added cameras now It's 2022, apparently people wanted to see my face Wanted to see my guest's face So I said, you know what, Let, let's do that Let's get this money So I hope everyone is well Enjoying the new year It is freezing in New York City um, But luckily I've kept on to my hoodies and beanies I lost a mask But I'm not going to talk about that on this somebody, podcast, somebody stole your mask. I'm not going to talk about. It. I just said I wasn't going to talk about. It. You're not supposed to be here yet. <laughs> Yo, know, the hygiene on that is crazy. Will it continue? Um, yes, I have a guest, a great friend of mine. Um, I think when it when people talk about uh, a picture having a thousand words, I think words are even more important when they're spoken, and they have a, a lasting effect on you. Uh, my friend here is one of those people that really can put words together and have a lasting impression. I've gone to a lot of spaces and a lot of places and heard people speak, but I don't think anyone speaks with more more diction in their voice and more and project the way he does to command a room. Um so without further ado, Cito Blanco, ladies and gentlemen, Cito Blanco, yeah, man, thank you for that, man. You, you, gonna, you gonna let me cry, man. Man, what's going on, man? It's your boy Cito Blanco. Some people know me as Cito Blanquito. Never miss a free throw. Live and direct. I got now. I don't care who got next. How are you, man? I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. I can't complain. Um, my this this chapter in my life is called grace. Oh, uh, man, isn't it beautiful? It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So right now, I'm not even. I'm not even thinking about the food. I ain't seasoning the chicken. Ain't no finger licking. I'm just right now. I'm just getting right with God and, and making sure I see my grace before I, before I get the food. Yo, 30s is like that though It is It is like, It's beautiful it is. how much Grace you allow yourself to have mm-hmm. In your 30s That's a fact um, How much More you cherish certain things Emotions that you didn't Have Or didn't want to tap into in your 20s Just bleed out in your 30s Yeah 100% It's like um, To me it's like I feel like your 20s is a bunch of ad libs And 30s is like Making sure you got the right verse Okay You know um, Just in the sense of like ad libs Is more just kind of like You react to life You react to what The world is giving you Now it's more like I'm more building What I'm gonna give to the world I've always said That your 20s Are you digging right Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily know What you need But you're just picking up A whole bunch of tools When you get to your 30s though Yeah your thirties is now. You look at all the tools that you've collected, mm-hmm. and now you figure out what you need to build. Yeah, and you have the tools to build them. So you've picked up a hammer. You've picked up a drill. You've picked up, you know, a screwdriver. You've picked up like, like a saw. Like all of these things in your twenties, you don't know what you're doing because you don't really have a, any direction. Yeah, you don't have no viewpoint of it. Now you just like, and then one day you're like, you know what? I actually, like know how to do this. I can build something. Yeah, like I have That's a skill set that I've I've acquired in a, in a ten year process to pretty much handle myself mm-hmm. for anything I need to do. No, nice. and you learn how to pivot. That's a fact. That's hundred percent a fact. And I think the most important part about that is the pivot. It's understanding, like you know what, like what can I get done today? What do what, what else do I need to learn? And what can I necessarily save for tomorrow once I learn this because it's going to be an easier process. So I don't butt my head against the wall Too much anymore Like I try to go I try to go with certain flows And if I make a risk I try to make sure it's calculated Like I'm not just out here Jumping out the window no more Like like no funny I open up the window see if there's a mattress down there And then I'll jump out I agree And I think also too You are way more um, Self aware Of the decisions and the landscapes That you And places that you put yourself in mm-hmm. Like um, It's crazy how like I'll get on the bus and what used to not bother me bothers me now like I get on the bus and I'm like I don't know if I would have sit in the back of the bus like I'm like, okay. like I'm All getting right. to that point where I'm not in the front because I'm not too old okay I'm like in the middle because I feel like that's where I'm at like I'm like this is a good space so you feel like you're not you're not Rosa Parks um and this, no I'm not like I'm not like the kids who's like mad rowdy in the back of the bus now like I'm past that. Like in my 20s, I can go to the back of the bus and be fine and be comfortable. You okay. see what I'm saying? Because I'm like, yo, it's whatever. So you don't like, want to be I'm, around the rowdy no more. Yeah, I you, smack you, the shit you, out of one of these kids. Like, you you one, one of them two. stages is kind of like, yo, 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 no rap before twelve. Like you like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, like I need, like, <laughs> like yeah. I need the, I need the right frequency. I need my tea. I need to make sure that like I'm at the right space before I attack my day type energy. Like, yeah, like I, I, I replace white sugar with brown sugar. Like I'm, I'm there now. Like, like I'm, I'm made more cautious. Should have been on brown sugars the day that's late than was was talking yeah. to Dre at Hot 97. This is true With the do you like me Yes or no Or maybe Very very prolific mm-hmm. I, But what I mean is Like it's just I love this space That I'm, I'm in mm-hmm. And and the, the way We've been moving And I think for you It's kind of been That way too now Okay Because right. I think right. I think a- <laughs> I think That's an interesting Place to be at It is point. an interesting Place to be I feel like um Before Metaverse Was created um, <laughs> The pandemic Was Metaverse It's a different world like yeah. I feel like I feel like your age is like my, my age in the pandemic doesn't count. <laughs> it's kind of like that's a parenthesis. Like it's like two years. It's a blip. Like two. It's an asterisk It's an asteroid. It's, it's the a, a, a it's the snap. Yeah, because it just doesn't. It, it feels like it doesn't apply. I feel like it's a different life to a certain extent. But then I also think about like the accomplishments that you've made to that point as yeah. well. So you know, if we we do go back a little bit. Tell me, what was your childhood like when you were growing up? What did a, a, a regular Saturday look like? Honestly, okay, a regular Saturday growing up looked like two things. Either my mom is playing like Buja Bonton and Bob Marley, she's cleaning the house up. Me and my brother about to go play basketball with the Wiz kids at um, Susan right there. Then after that, we might go to my um, my bro Jamal Damon's house, play a little Dreamcast. Um, you know, what tap. was you playing on the Dreamcast? Dreamcast, honestly, because we was like Jamaican. Um, we would play the 2 K. This oh like this is like Iverson on the cover 2K okay um we'll play Madden oh but man. also we had like this Olympic game where like we'll do the track stuff we'll do like the shot put like we'll okay. do the the relay race you know what I'm saying at yeah, times <laughs> like you gotta understand like our parents is like Jamaican Jamaican like going to Penn Relay seeing the young kids from Jamaica come up and run type like oh, going you know to what I'm saying relays is yeah, exciting it though. is like when you go to Penn Relay you are like yo this is really like y'all care for track i mean yeah it's a, it's like <laughs> it's know, like like how uh how like the Asian community treat like gymnastics? Yes, and how like the Russians treat ice skating or yes. figure skating? Yes, so track so is very like a, important. Very very important. So it'll either be that or like my dad will come get us, and we'll go like he'll go play soccer, and then while he's playing soccer, like we'll just explore. Like we'll be by like by the water, like by close to like Pelham, and there's like this whole area back where they play where they play soccer at, and we'll mm-hmm. just vibe out. So it was um mostly mostly those experiences with my older brother because I'm the youngest. So really? because I'm the youngest, I've, most of my experiences were with my brother. Um, and as I got older, Saturdays were more like football, like football practice, football games. Um, that that mostly that. Yeah. Was that more or less a slow progression into football and sport? Where you was like, all right, so my dad plays sports on Saturdays. My I'm pretty sure my brother's into sports. I want to pick a sport that makes sense for me. Um, yes and no, because I actually started playing soccer. Like, because mm. naturally, I felt like everybody starts playing the sport that. The person that you're around the most that plays sports plays. My yeah. dad was playing soccer, and I still love soccer to this day. Trust mm-hmm. me. You see the FIFA battles that me and Tips have like all the bro, time. Like FIFA <laughs> is very serious. <laughs> like yo, this oh. FIFA is not a joke. Ju- like people like yo, we play Madden Two K. Like yo, bro, man's done played play the FIFA, bro. Are you mean, bruv? bro? Man I've City, bro. Are you mean, bro? Man City all day, bro. I've never <laughs> like, seen <yeah>. somebody <laughs> so competitive. Nah, it's a it's a FIFA, it's, it's a tourist thing too. But but um, so I started with the soccer. And my dad actually put me with the older people because I was playing better for my age. And then eventually, I just got into football. And, like, football stuck. So, you know, played football up to high school, of the football team. I, I, I thought I was going to the NFL. Like, no lie. I on everything I love. I'm not going to say I'm going to make it to the league, but if I was 6'2", I would win D1 for sure. That was okay. a percent. That was a percent would have won D1. And and how, like, in those moments, like, playing... because. Playing football is very difficult. Like I'm not gonna hold you. Yeah, it's like, not easy whatsoever. Like, um, I remember going when I lived down south. Uh, I kind of went to the kind of like the Friday Night Lights kind of school. Uh-huh. Huge football field,
1: cheerleaders, huge cheerleaders everywhere.
0: Homecoming, whole town shut down, bro. Friday night. That's where we were. That's lit. I, I always went to play under that. I never got a chance. Like it's different in the Bronx where you play football. <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm assuming so because like. So boom, right? We would have the football game Friday. Yeah. Um sometimes after the football game was the was the high school dance. Oh wow. Didn't and you get the chance to Oh yeah, I had, like lock like lock because I got the shower like Yeah. yeah, I'm yeah, say, yeah. Like, y'all you- <laughs> And then um Checkers was across the street from the high school. Like Checker checkers? Yes. Okay. Oh no, not checkers, Sonics. Okay. Sonic was I'm about to say the like okay I be having a weird like Sonic Zaxby's in the south yeah you know? like, so that's how I know I'm in the south she starts saying Zaxby's and shit. Shonies. yeah I'm like, <laughs> like what is this like cook like see cookouts waffle. yeah once I see a Waffle House I'm just like I right, I'm, I'm not him. I'm gonna start hearing boy and I gotta be careful when state trooper pull me over that's bro. A fact <laughs> like that that's a waffle fact house shit. I, so we would go there and like everyone would get like slushies and shit like that yeah. after mm-hmm. co- after the after the game how was. What's the difference then? How was high school in the Bronx for football then? Yo, I for one high school in the Bronx for the football was crazy because how ghetto it was the field that we had? We never really had a home field. We had to walk to our home field because Jeez. so our home field was like actually at our rival's home field. They'll let us use it. So then we have to walk 10 blocks literally. In our like football gear mm-hmm. from our school to their school, so literally as you walking through the block, like imagine like third Ave Grand Concourse, like fiends, like people drunk from the night before, <laughs> like a bunch of like a bunch of that was a war zone. Od, a bunch of little them little the little deli trucks that only got yeah. two donuts left because they about to pack up because the morning crowd is gone, and like you see a bunch of like yo just like crackheads and like a bunch of like drunks like on the corner, like yeah, let's go, yeah. woo, and, and like we sitting here doing all this. Whose house is this? What time is that game time? Walking. <laughs> Down the block. Walking down the block, bro <laughs> And you gotta understand, bro And it got ghetto, too Because, like Then you got the parents That's coming from the project building Like, no, you didn't eat no breakfast So you got players In a full-blown, like, jersey on cleats Some niggas got the chancletas Because you wanna mess your cleats up Depending if you had the you school on to. Because, I mean... Clays are not easy to come by. Yeah, they not because back. So then you got niggas that some niggas is clapping on them, hitting the pads. Other niggas eating they bacon, egg, and cheese, because their mom just gave it to them. They ain't eating no breakfast. The coach. Some coaches is walking with us. Other coaches can't walk with us because you know the coach used to be from the hood, so some of them got beef still in the spots that we at. <laughs> you know what I'm coach saying? Like, yo, I'm gonna meet y'all at the game. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you a crazy story. Like, yo, no funny. It was like, yo, one of my, one of my, one of my, one of my. Cause I was the captain. I was the captain. I was a sophomore year. I'm looking for my DN. Like, I'm like, where the fuck is my DN at? So I'm sitting there looking at. So my coach and my dean were both missing. So I'm sitting here wondering where these niggas is at, bro. 20 minutes into the whole goddamn practice, bro. We come back out, I see both these niggas. These niggas look like they lit up like a kite, bro. And niggas just, yo, know, we get in the huddle, everything's cool. Nigga like, yo, bro, I just got high with coach. I'm like, that's cap, nigga. He's like, yo, I'll look at this nigga. That nigga was floating. I was just like, yo, bro, what is wrong with y'all? Like, we was really in the hood. Like, Like, I'm talking about our coaches used to pull up in the building like, yo, that's your teacher, bro? Yo, like, yo... What's that? What's up with that? I'm like, yo, coach, you're not dead ass right now. You're not doing that. Yo, hollering at players' moms like it was ghetto, bro. It was ghetto. Oh, not the your 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 son needs a male role you know, model. Role model in your life. It was ghetto, bro. Yo, it was oh, ghetto. That's it nuts. Was so de- Matter of fact, since we took talk- <laughs> that's really? some wire shit. It's some wire shit, bro. I ain't gonna hold you. I I had I, I had niggas that was you know selling on the team. You know what I'm saying? You had niggas that you had niggas that I ain't gonna lie. They used to walk around with that thing too, cause they never know it's gonna get caught at. Like you know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna lie. I got jumped on the football field one time too, bro. I, had a, I, had, I got jumped. I got jumped by um because I was talking crazy. I should be like, man, your mom, da da da. da. And look at your dick nigga, fuck out of here! Like y'all should be talking wild, crazy, like. And I'm like, you ain't doing nothing. So then, like, yo, no lie, was a bunch. It was in Washington Heights. Should be Spanish niggas, bro. They started speaking Spanish. <laughs> yo, bro, no lie, they started beating me up on the field. I'm like yo, ref. I'm like ref. I'm like ref. So then, yo, I'm sitting there tight. My coach is like, calm down. It's okay. It's all right. Yo, what happens? And I was like, nah, one of them niggas really kicked me in my rib, bro. Yo, game was over, bro. We had to do all that slapping hand shit, bro. Smack that nigga hand away. (laughs) nigga looked at me. I said, yo, what? Yo, bro. Took my helmet off, bro. Took my pads off. I was like, yo, let's square up, bro. And like the crazy (laughs) part about it is my mom and my sister was there. And like I was bugging, like it's funny because my man's was talking about it on Facebook the other day I end up like taking my shit if I'm running at these niggas. I'm like yo, what's up? So then one of my coaches started talking crazy. They coach, and then they started getting crazy too. So security was there trying to block it, and then my mom just grabbed me like on some real, just like only like my mom could do. She just grabbed me. What's wrong with you? You're not doing this. What you mean? You're not going. yo. When the just so like she just started getting mad. You're making know? me, and I'm like yo, my jump. I said, I. Right. I said for you. I said, for, yo, cool. I chilled out, and then, like, everything else calmed down, but everybody's getting rowdy, like, you know what I'm saying, even the crackheads and shit that we used to, because they was to watch the game on the side, they was getting lit, too, like, yo, bro, it was crazy, bro, so, it was crazy, so, bro. It was crazy. I, I guess it's a different feeling than, like, on some, like, remember the Titans, like, you know, the, yo, bro, the city, it? the little None town of that, bro. football team, None of that, bro. He, like, the report, said of reporters, y'all had crackheads. And, and, the crack, and the crackheads was yeah, like I go a lot of. We started getting like the, the reporters at the end, like my senior year, because I went to a, I didn't know much. Like the tough part is I went to one of the most prominent um, junior junior football leagues in this whole um, whole city. Like my team, the Bandits, like we won championships, everything. My entire team went to Kennedy, and Kennedy's arguably one of the best football programs in really? the Bronx. So then, but I lost contact with them, so I made varsity my first year. So the school I went to was trash. Sorry, it was trash, but I was one of the best players. So I should have been with them. So my, when my JV team played their team, I knew the whole team. And they smacked our team. And I'm sitting there chopping up with them. They're like, yo, bro, what happened, bro? Like, cause this is before, like, real phone days and all that on social yeah. media. So I lost contact with them. I should have went to Kennedy. Yo, the, don't lie. of coaching name was Alex Vega at the time. He used to come to me like, yo, transfer. But I wasn't trying to take three buses to go to school, bro. I, yo, three buses to go to school was crazy, in New lie. York, that's a lot of work. That's a whole lot of work. That's like an hour and 20 minutes transportation. Go there. And, and, and you have to time it accordingly. Yeah, because if you miss one, <laughs> then you're going to... But I ain't going to hold you like, yo, but like, Kennedy had the ting, so... I probably, um, probably should have yes. went to Kennedy. Kennedy I, I went to uh, alternative high school on uh, Bronx Community College campus mm-hmm. in University Heights. So I had to go through... Pretty much everybody who got kicked out of a high school yeah. went to my high school. Okay. So y'all and, was Delinquents. Yeah, totally, okay. totally. Like, that was the B-side. We, we didn't even call our teachers by their last name. We called them by their first name. Okay, that's crazy. They like, had teachers that was trying to fuck students? I'm pretty sure there <laughs> was a couple teachers that got it popping. I'm not going to say your names, but I know. Yo, bro, I know we know yo, We know, nigga. Yo, what? It was, I know. You Just bro. know I know. Yeah, we had a teacher. He wasn't even a teacher. He was one of them counselor niggas. He used to roll dice in the bathroom with us. It was crazy, bro. He used crazy. to roll dice with the, not even them the school aides. Yo, that's bro, weird. he had got a girl pregnant. He Had to quit his job, but the family accepted it so much that he was there at Thanksgiving. They still, they still together to this day. Uh, when, when I first got to that school, uh, one of my teachers got jumped outside. That's funny. Um, That's he was hilarious. walking on Burnside, there was a fight, he, he to tried to break it up, and then it was like nosy people get it too, so they beat him up. Yo, so then, was- like, two days later, he came back to the school with his son, and then they beat up him and, and his, his son Damn. on 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 university. You know, that's like right work. where them steps off of yeah, BC's? Yo, Yo bro, it's bro, really bad. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's bro. pretty bad. Um, about, um, so, yeah, that's that's yeah. regular New York shit, though. That's a fact, though. That's a fact. I had a high school bro, too, but we're going to talk about that later. Gonna, so, <laughs> get into that so at that time, mm-hmm. like, you know, sports is pretty much Everything. your focus. Yeah. I ain't going to lie to you. I used to flunk. Only time I had good grades was during football season. Like really? From, yeah, I was like, I was always the student that like they said you had all the potential, you could do anything you wanted to do, but like you just, I just bullshitted. I used to bullshit. I just always bullshit. Ain't a lot. Like I one time I graduated high school with like probably like a, a seventy-one average. Like it was not good at all. I had a great SAT score, great ACT score, but my average itself was, wasn't good, and that affected my scholarships. Like it affected me getting scholarships to go to college and stuff. So it was very difficult because what, what people don't know about when you playing um. When you're trying to play sports and get a scholarship, you got to pass NCAA Clearinghouse, and NCAA Clearinghouse has certain restrictions and certain guidelines you have to pass. So if you don't, if you're not able to pass Clearinghouse, that's when you got to go to JUCO, go to a two-year school. So that's what threw me off. But I'm not gonna lie; like I'm not gonna make it seem like I was a D1 nigga. Like I was D2. You know what I'm saying I was a calm D2, could have got a scholarship, but it's my attitude, my attitude, you know, my yeah, simply my attitude just didn't work. My attitude in my school. Because, I feel like that's usually, unfortunately, I feel like. <sighs> For the kids that I know that's usually really good in sports, in mm-hmm. the city, yeah. there's so much other outlining factors mm-hmm. where, like, they're not talked to as if they're grown. They're talked to as just their kids, and you're not understanding the situation that got them to this point and how much sports is an outlet for them. But they're still an adult, and I think that's where the attitude and the chip comes on their shoulders. Yeah, a fact. And it's like, you're not communicating with me. You're not keeping it... Hundred of me, yeah. you're just saying yo. If you don't do this, this will happen, and it's like yeah, yo, it's kind of like can't keep ifing. It. I need yeah, like I need I need I, like give me the whole picture. Like they like Lord lux was saying, like I'm trying to show you the large picture. I didn't see the large picture, and to me it's kind of like get your work done. And it's like, nah, like you have to get your work done because it's going to position you to do this so you don't have to deal with college debt. And if you don't deal with college debt, then you can leave your job free, like, this way. Then make this certain amount of money. they probably get a crib faster than everybody else. Then You, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if, you, if you showed me the structure. Or the, the structure of the guideline, I would have seen it differently. How was your guidance counselor? Honestly, RIP to my guidance counselor. Um, Ms. Bremer, um, she's an amazing lady. Um, She actually, like, she's in the back of my book. Like, I put her in the back of my book because she changed my life. Like, she helped me so much. Like, we used to go to her office. She was actually cool with my mom. But she was one of those people that showed me the large picture. She was one of those people that was just like, you're too smart, you're too talented. And as a black man in this world, you need to make sure that you that you you take your shot. Because if you don't take your shot, there may not be another shot for you to have. And she used to be so adamant about that. And as time went on, um, like, I went to school, did certain things, played football, ended up quitting football. It was very emotional for me. 'Cause like for so long it's kinda like that whole like you're supposed to make it to the league and you're supposed to do this and do that. Um, that was the biggest thing. Like I was the star in the family, like, yo, he gonna do this, he gonna make it, he's gonna figure it out. And when I didn't, even when I didn't get a scholarship, even my family kind of looked at me like you fucked up. Because we took all this money out for your brother to get right. We thought you was getting a scholarship. And because you didn't get a scholarship and we don't qualify for EOP, now you just gotta figure it out. Yo, son. <laughs> like you just gotta figure it out, bro. Man. Like, like, don't get me wrong. Like, nah, my family yeah, held it down bro, the way they can, but it gets to that, you just got to figure it out. Space. My pops told me, he didn't, he was like, yo, uh, when you fill out the FAFSA forms, you don't know me. <laughs> like, yo he was bro. dead serious. Like, you, is, you don't know me. And I'm like, yo, you can't. Nah. I, I definitely, but I understand what you mean because my goddess counselor wasn't as helpful as I needed her to be, mm-hmm. uh, to be transparent. like Most of them aren't, to be honest She was like, you know, be, we, the high school is on Bronx Community College campus. You can just go to Bronx Community. I wind up getting uh, into the third round of a full-ride scholarship for leadership and development mm-hmm. that I wasn't even supposed to be in. Gotcha. Like, I literally wasn't supposed to be in it, but, like, I forced myself in. Mm-hmm. I beat everybody else at the candidates that they had nominated, and it came down to grades and shit and just didn't happen the way it was supposed to happen. But I remember, like, being really pissed with her. Like, yo, fam, like... You didn't even, like, what's good with you? So I understand that. I you know what's tough about So when you have a good guidance counselor, you can see how how well students do. The thing about it is that most guidance counselors or teachers don't know what type of time it is in these schools. Like like you said about the Friday Night Lights and all that, like, you're going to school in, in New York City or... Los Angeles, and some of these big cities, we have a different experience. Totally. Like, in most of these towns and countries, and part of the country, like, the same people you go to school with is the people that you see at the supermarket, is the same people that, that your parents, like, they work with each other, or the mm-hmm. pharmacists and the dentists and all of that. Like, we don't have that type of community. Like, yo, you got a, a lot of us going to schools and hoods, that places that we might have beef in, or our man has got beefing. or to a I'm po- I at one point, like, even in middle school, like, I had to get off the bus at a certain point and walk because anybody that came from that bus became an issue. So, I think that, like, it's tough because these experiences, these teachers and these people come to our schools with this, y'all got homecomings and pep rallies and all type of this energy, not understanding, like, yo, bro, like, do you know what this hitting for? Like, do you know that we don't get none of that? We got metal detectors. We got, you know what I'm saying? Like, to me. Stop and frisk at the time. Stop and frisk at the time, like. I'm not sure if it's like this in, like, the whole country, but in certain major cities, like, yo, when you especially, like, a young black or young Spanish or minority male, you feel like you grown at, like, 11 or 12. Because, like, grown yeah. men grown men was trying to get your girl at 12, 15. <laughs> at 15 you, dropped your, you had a kid at your house? <laughs> yeah, a kid at your house. They was either trying to fight you, you could get robbed by a nigga that's 30. Like, so you going through all of this while still trying to play sports, keep your grades up. It's a it's a lot. It's Bro, a I lot. got it's robbed. I got robbed, and this is going to sound crazy. I on, got robbed rob in, in kindergarten. Yeah, that's crazy. What, for the PSP? So, nah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah. Also, I'm not trying to laugh. Yeah, well, you know, I'm 33, I'm, so I'm I would... I'm not trying to laugh at it, but rob, rob getting robbed is crazy. So, bro. boom, right? <laughs> like and I've never... I, I think I've never told this story. Uh-huh. But, uh, I was in kindergarten, and they used to have, like, this little... Uh, oh, kindergarten, si- what age is that? That's, like, seven? Nah, that's five, bro. You was five? I yeah. think nigga robbed you at 5 Let's tell you what happened. Yo. So, um... <laughs> that's not funny, there's then, some, that's crazy, bro. So we had this science program that, because I was really big into science at that time. Uh And we would go upstairs from the bottom floor, because that was where the kindergarten class was, all the way up to, like, the fourth floor. Uh And that's where they would have the science club, and my my mom was really proud of me that I was, like, into that. One day, we're going down the steps, me and the the kid who was both in the class, Uh and some kids that were in the school that didn't go to our school. And, like, they started, like, pushing and beating us up in the hallway. At five? Yeah. Yo. So um, I wound up running, running to get the teacher. The kid came back. He was traumatized. We were both traumatized. They called the cops. We wound up had to go through the whole building of the school to find the kids. Like and this how, and how old were they? If you was five, the niggas was seven. Like yo, they man. had to be probably like ten or eleven, bro. But my school was right next to Webster Projects. Dang. that's od. So like, I understand what you mean. Like, yeah, think about five, how traumatic yeah. that is, bro. Yo, getting robbed at five is kind of like yo, I ain't gonna lie to you. If I got robbed at five, my mom would have came to school with the machete, bro. I ain't gonna like my mom, like, it yo, was a huge <laughs> nah, deal, like, yo. But they couldn't find what happened. Nah, so everybody after that, got, we got escorted. Because because Cause Every you couldn't prevent this. Like in situations like that You reap the consequences Because you couldn't prevent it yeah. Like that's the truth of the matter It's like yo At five years old My child should not be experiencing that And to me it's like Don't get me wrong Like anybody know like yo Especially sidekick era First cell phone era Gym, gym locker era Like there were so many thieves in school Like to me Niggas stole like, like somebody stealing Is common in school Yeah Somebody, like, somebody is One is of your different. locker da, 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 For a nigga to walk up on you And take something off of you In school And I'm not talking about Middle school and high school That shit happened in high school Outside of high school a lot In kindergarten bro It's Yo, crazy That shit really happened Like I, I'll never I'll never forget that's that That's crazy So like that that Have you unpacked that With your therapist No You gotta unpack that bro I think, I think that's also like that leads to a lot of like non-confrontational. I'm about to you gotta unpack that. Yeah. Like that should, the amount the of my friends that have gotten robbed in their life is scary. Like I've never gotten robbed, you know what I'm saying? God been blessing me. Like I've had niggas steal from me. Like on some real like and I know who stole from me. Yeah. Like no lie, some dude I remember I was in middle school. Some dude stole my hat. And this one, your fittings just get stolen all the time, bro. Stole my hat. Bro, what was that? <laughs> my dad came to pick me up from school. Back to the whole nigga, your dad came to pick you up from school. Oh my god, yeah, you had a like in your life. That. Yeah. But and then I was like, yo, pops, he stole my hat. My dad was more on the type like, yo, I, well, I'll buy you another one. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I want my hat. <laughs> like, yo. Mine. And he's just like, no. If you go fight him, you do anything, do not do that. I'm like, no, I want my hat. So my dad was heavy on the like, you I'll just buy you another one. Like, don't put yourself in that situation type. Mm-hmm. But I also got it too because it's like, yo, once you get into that, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with fighting and like, yo, doing all that in school, you don't stop. Like no, nah, you, you're right there. Like you're once that you have tempo a fight in there. school, you kind of like you on deck for everything. I remember middle school, I got in mad fights. Like, there was some dude named Magic. Like, that's when back in the day, man. So you said you, you got into a, a fight with your friend, some magic? Like, what happened? It wasn't even my friend. I'm not going to keep, keep it funky. It wasn't even my friend. Like, yo, back in the day, like, fights in schools is retarded. Like, on some, like, yo, bro, like I said, pass me the catcher. Like yo, bro, I want this ketchup. I said, yo, my nigga, let me get the ketchup. Like, like no lie, school is like borderline mini jail. Bro, it's 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 not like like J Cole says. It's not self defense. It's self defense of pride. Yes, it really is though. Because and, in and that it's, moment, it's like I'm not giving you the fucking ketchup. And it's yo, I, like, <laughs> I, like I like I'm gonna keep it so funky. And most people won't talk about this. Like, but, but between like the level of like sexual harassment that we we, we did to girls and the lack of ego fighting. And it was just so much, like from booty tag to fighting dudes because they ain't pick you up to play ball. To from like, like you, you gotta make sure you put your, you make gotta make sure you put your phone in a certain part of your, your, your backpack because somebody gonna steal your phone because you're playing basketball. Like it was, it was really tough. Like it was, like it, it really was difficult. And a tough part is that your parents, my parents, are immigrants. So they kinda like, nigga, like I done walked ten miles from school and I had big man them try to you know, touch me up on my guacas. You know what I'm saying? Like like you you come back talking about yo, somebody's complaining to me why you got a free Metro card <laughs> to hop on a bus and you get free lunch every day and they come back with a story about how their grandmother sat down there and broke down one egg because there was no food to eat before the school. You know what I'm saying? So you kind of look at it like, yeah, let me just go, let me just go figure let it out. Let me just go, go figure it out. Because yeah, talking to you is pointless. Yeah, like I think for me. <laughs> you, just, uh, you just gonna out trauma me right now. Like, let me just go figure this shit out. The crazy thing is my mom, my mom is the only one of her siblings that has a high school diploma. Wow. Wow. Like That's okay. So for us, it was always like I was probably I was my cousin, my older cousin, he had went to college, uh like did two years or whatever the case may be. But I was the next one of that generation to see like what Rob's gonna do. Oh, right. so so if you got hold on, so then so nobody in your family ever got the degree? No. I'm the only one with a degree. Wow. Yeah. I'm the only one with a degree. Yeah, clap so. clap, clap up for that. <laughs> um, All right, you know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna lie to you like that. See, that's the certain things that what I like about these situations that like you could be around somebody for so long but not know that. Like yeah. you have a diff- I have a different viewpoint on you when it comes to that now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I had the reverse narrative in the sense like everybody who was in school, was that was in school was the first of their family, their first generation. So everybody's in there just cashing out, refund checks, having fun, you know what I'm saying, just chilling. I was the no, you this what you supposed to do. Like, yeah. like, my grandma, like almost grandmother, father, older brother, older sister, mother, like everybody got their bachelor's. So it was, to <laughs> me, it was more like, nigga, what are you happy about? Nigga, you didn't even finish. Like, like what are you, what, I'm, I'm gonna send you some money because you're in school? Like, this is what you're supposed to do. And the crazy thing is, too, like, for my family, it was hard for them to process that. So, like, you got I am my associates. So I didn't even okay. get the chance. Hey, two, two count? It, Jace. Uh, like, I, I got kicked out of my house when I went to go apply for my bachelor's. So like Dang, my bro. my a- I was in the middle of like get finishing up my associates and my aunt was just like, nah, I'm not with it. Like, and I was like, yo, I'm I'm working two jobs, I'm in school, she was I'm trying to figure it out. I think she just was a part of a generation where she didn't get it. She was just like, Well, you buy sneakers and you do this, and I'm like, Yo, bro, I make nothing between books and the little Fifty dollars, I have in change left. Like I don't have it. Like how many to sneakers do. would you bring home? I was working at Nike at the time, so I had I had like I wasn't buying mad shoes, but like I was outside, like so it wasn't. I was doing what regular because there's a difference between and you could probably get tested. Well, you went away to school. I did both. There's a difference between going away to school and being going to school in the city. Okay, it's true. Like it's a dairy. It's a very different feeling. Yeah. So like. Cause a lot of your a lot of your bad decisions of like trying to figure out life when you open up that door they still see it when like when you go away to school your parents only know shit is bad based on the tone of your voice <laughs> like yeah like you call up and they be like you i right? like nah they be like nah I'm good they be like nah your shit went hot wrong wrong? like you know what I'm saying or my sister would be like I'll be calling her she be like nah you called me you all right? like you know what I'm saying like there's certain patterns when you're away at school they they could tell something's wrong when you home it's like it's like that coming home they just look at you like. They get to smell outside on you, like there's something wrong. What's wrong? Or like, why you yeah. walking home with a bag? Like I remember that whole hiding stuff because I'm bringing it home. Shit, like bro, <laughs> Hiding sneakers in the back because. By the and it wasn't. And shit. It wasn't because the transition, right? Because mm-hmm. you you're still in a space where you you you're an adult, but not really. Girls are still looking at you. That's you're still trying to look girls, mm-hmm. look at girls. So in in the city, you still have to keep up with the city. Yeah. When you're away to school, everybody's poor. Yeah. Everybody's struggling. Yeah. So, like, yo, when... poor is not... Yo, I ain't gonna lie to so you. So, if you like, was a nigga in, in at far... <laughs> if you went away to school, and you was a nigga who had dominoes, nigga, you were up. <clears throat> nigga, dominoes? This nigga said dominoes. Yo, what? Nigga, dominoes was fancy. This nigga's crazy, bro. <laughs> like, yo, bro, the way niggas used to trade off the oodles and noodles, like, it was jail, Bro. Like, yo, I ain't gonna hold you when one of my man has got a care package from home. Like, it's like, I swear to God, it was like in a Wu-Tang series when one son said, yo, we finally got the key to to Park Hill, bro. Like, everybody came through, he was just like, yo, bro, listen, we got two packs of the Frosted Flakes, we got some Oodle Noodles, we got some Pringles, bro, we got to space this shit out. Because what happens in the first is, when you first get the care package, you go 80, like, nigga, I'm eating three cereals tonight, nigga. Like, it's lit. And I ain't gonna lie to you, I had the Foreman Grill, bro. Break it, you know, my Big already, man, tins. my R.A. used to hate me. I used to go to Walmart, get the chicken breast, had the foreman grill, I had the um the sweet hickory barbecue sauce with the with the with the, with the um potato buns. Yo, know, bro, I was in the I was in the room, like, yo, what's up? Yo, who want a burger, man? Like, yo, I was selling them things. Now it was, but it's a it's a it's a different space, and I and I get what you're saying. Like, college was a college was a whole whole different space. Where did you wind up going away? Um, I ended up going to I, my first school was Morsville State College. And I remember when the day I got accepted there, my sister said, "You're going there for one to two years, and you're getting the fuck out." <laughs> and I was just <laughs> like, Yeah, Yo, what you mean? Like, cause no lie, at that time that was one of the only schools that I, I could go there and play football. I yeah. lost my scholarship. Um, another incident. I threw my helmet at my coach. It was crazy. Temper shit. Um, lost my scholarship. Coach wasn't fucking with me. My, my coach didn't going to give me my film." Was he, yo, he gave me none of my film, none of my none of my high school film, because back then, like you didn't have like we just was around the YouTube era, so you see his overtime and the yeah. rankings, like that was just when you was able to record your own film and give it to a coach to say, look at my film. So if you didn't have a film or you have no coach necessarily like backing you and then pause you had no coach to, like represent you and then you're from the Bronx where football is not known and you didn't go to a powerhouse school like it's kind of like you got no like it's like nobody going to fuck with you yeah like who That's, are you yeah it's like you got bad work on the block it's like nobody care about you so it was difficult so i had to walk on um i, I ain't going to lie i remember even my coach tried to bad mom he called the coach up like listen he's a good kid he cares about football just let him be around the team and let's see if he could like give him a job around the team just so he could be around them and then the funny thing is i made the team and the defensive coordinator came up to me on some. He came be talking about you. He's said, "Like I got players for you." Like he, like like the coach is telling me how he about to put me in the game and everything is yeah. lit. And like yo, my my numbers is on point. And he's like, "Your coach, that you, your coach can't be talking about the same player." But I realized that my coach was mad because he really me and him had a bond. But I realized that he wasn't the man that he said he was, and the promises that he had they fell through. Like you promising kids to do certain things and get them to certain places, and it, it didn't fall through. And at that time, you like you my way out. I already got pressure at home to get the scholarship. You saying you're gonna be the certain way. So my frustration started to build up because now you feel like that one shot you got, you fucking it up. Especially when you know this is it. And I think that's the thing that I think sucks so much, because especially, and I'll make this message to a lot of young, a lot of young men just in general, like, don't get me wrong, like it is tough in this world. But a lot of you're gonna have more shots than you think. So don't put that all the eggs in that one basket to that certain extent. Like I wish someone Like, broke down to me more the realistic aspect of, like, what making it looks like. I remember I used to go to this program, and a dude sat me down, and he was just like, yo, why you think you're going to the NFL? And I'm like, yo, because I'm going to go. He's like, you're not ranked. You got no film. Like, no school's looking at you. It's already your sophomore year. And I'm like, yo, and I thought he was hating. But then as time went on, I realized that, no, like, he understood what the goal looks like to get to the league. I still had a dream. Like, I'm still thinking, like, yo, I'm going to do all of this, and then one day somebody's going to see me. When you look at it, it's the same thing with the NBA, the same thing with the NFL. Like, almost 95% of the people that are drafted have known each other for middle school. <laughs> they, on, they in the same AAU circuit, the same Under Armour, uh, Armour Seven, the same Nike. Like, it's not just you being talented. That is a formula. It's the way that the... It's, like, life is formulas. It's the way that the land works. It's the way that the world works. And I think that so many times, as when you're younger and you're trying to figure it out, you think people are trying to crush your dreams. When really and truly... Don't get me wrong. There's some hating-ass niggas out there. Oh, that's a fact. But there are certain people that are also trying to show you that there's a formula to this. So if you don't understand or follow the particular formula, then it's going to be very difficult to get there. Not saying it's impossible, but it's going to be very difficult. I mean, look at what? I think Dwight Howard was a walk-on. No, I think Dwight Howard went straight out of high school. But, but like, he had some time. I'm like, I figured, I thought it was him. But there's a couple players that, like, walk-on and... not. I'll say basketball players really walk-on and make it. Football players have had a history of walking-on because you get four years. You get a chance. Yeah. Most basketball players one year in you out. Like, I'm going to keep it funky with you. If anybody goes to ESPN.com and look up the top 100 for, say, 2020, 2028, like, in four or five years, the same 100 people, like, 85% of the 2028 draft in the NBA is going to be on that list already right now. So I'm not yeah. I'm not trying to sit here and deprive any kid that's not on that list. But I'm simply just saying, like, you got to understand what the formula is. Like, it's a system to this shit. So once I, once, and, I and, and it broke my heart. Like, football broke my heart. Like, after football, and I, and, I, and I literally, I remember I ended up quitting the team my second year. But it was in the middle of the training camp, I realized I didn't love it no more. But as a like ego, once again, I couldn't quit in the middle of camp because niggas quit in the middle of camp because they were weak. Because football is hell week. Like, you run two days. You running yeah. like, so I was just like, I literally told myself, like, I'm done. But I'm literally going to get to the last day of camp. When this shit is all over, and then walk to the coach and look him straight in the eye and say, yo, coach, I don't love it no more. And that's what I did. And he was just, and the irony is that I had got like a few votes to be captain. <laughs> and, and I didn't realize that because even though I wasn't playing, that like I still had an impact on the team. But I, I just to start making money, bro. Like no lie, got off campus, started selling nutcrackers. Started going on eBay, the irony we round tips. I started selling hats. I started selling them, them baseball jackets. Like I went on eBay, seen the for the forty five. Came to the campus started selling for the eighty. Nutcrackers. Like one of my mans came up one weekend. You realize, like your bro, you get the you get this. Like I ain't now a you're lot. making the trips. Nah, I wasn't even making the trips. They gonna go to the liquor store, right? But it's the cheat code. Because everybody had their everybody had their nutcrackers, so they used to be called. At that time, this is heavy Jamaican era. This is this is Serrani no games. Oh my <laughs> god! You know what I'm saying? This is Stranglehold. like this is this is this is this is, this is this is really just like it's 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 Serrani. Just in yeah, yeah no, no. <laughs> do you know? You know you That bro, was a very bro, bro. So that was a real era. You know what I'm saying? This is like yeah, me on yeah. put me out. like so. So in that era. The Jamaican culture and everything was big, and we had a lot of Jamaican influences in our school. So my cheat code in marketing with the Nutcrackers was I got the Ray and Nephew Nutcrackers, right? So the cheat code was you would get the other liquors. The sour apple will always hit you later. Then you will get like the regular um, you will get the regular Boo Gal drink because cheap. Because anybody that made Nutcrackers just messed up. But college liquor was the plastic bottles. We didn't start drinking like if you drink liquor with glass bottles, that means you was getting money, money. You wasn't getting that. So what you what I would do is that I would mix those up. And I would get the different drinks like the Kool-Aids and make the flavors. Throw the Jolly Ranch in the bottom. And then before I close the top, I would put a little bit of hit of the Rain Nephews on top of it. So one thing about Nutcracker marketing, people judge the Nutcracker based off the first shot. Yeah. <laughs> Once you open a Nutcracker and you drink it, if it hit, it hit. Yeah. If it's a downhill after that, you just don't care. So I would, what I would do is that make sure I put a little bit of Rain Nephews at the top. So that first hit, niggas like, yo, what? This shit's strong. They babysitting that shit the rest of the night. So, so that's how I used to make my money and pay my tuition. Like, no law. That's crazy. Yeah, yo, I had to make it happen. And it's funny because my girlfriend at the time was just like, yo, like, like one thing about you that like I used to be on campus, like, there's no way to make money without a job. She like, yo, like you was just in there, just like, like you was just getting it. <laughs> because you figured it out. And you ain't wanna go, yo, no, no lie, you ain't wanna go home, bro. Like, I think like your go, like, yo, that go away from college. Cause the amount of niggas that was supposed to go away that didn't, y'all going to this school, this school, and then before you know it, they back home working these jobs. So every time they see you, they like, yo, bro, it's lit. I know it's this, yo, yo, holla the snow bunny for me like this. I know the girls. So like all like these, jail. yeah, like like just like <laughs> that's what I'm saying, like it's just like jail. So it's, it's it's it was just an interesting space to just feel like, yo, like this. All this is happening so much in a short period of time where you're trying to get your grades done. And I had racist teachers. Like Mooresville was a crazy school. Like. It was like it was a racist ass town, but we but we but we were unruly too. Like imagine taking, uh, yeah. <laughs> like you we we doing New York because, City shit because New York City, there's we have institutionalized racism in New York City. Yes, when I lived down south, I saw racism like, fr- like in front of me, in front like, of your like, eyes. Yeah, and real ra- and be clear, real racism is is not what people say. It's the power that they have in, when in, they say when they it. yes. That's exactly what it is. So the the misconception of someone calling you a nigger is not just a it. it, Any white person can say nigger to you, and you be like, man, I will slap the shit out of you." But when a police officer says it, it's a different. When a principal says it, yeah. When a teacher says it, it gives you a different kind of. It's this helplessness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and you can feel it. It's the look for me, like the way that they look at you. They look at you just kind of like, I could like. Yo, if I wanted to get rid of you, I could just get rid of you right now. And, it, and it, that shit used to blow my And I had, my coaches was like that. I think that was the toughest part of why I wanted to quit. Like, my coaches were like that. Like, it was tough because my coaches used to say crazy shit to the players. Like, I mean, OD shit, like your mom should just swallows you. Like, like yo, all your mom had to do is stop smoking crack for 12 months. Like, coaches was really crazy. That's crazy. Like, they were wilding. But the coaches knew who to say it to. Because, like, there were certain dudes on the team that really would have knocked the coach out. Like, I mean, on some, like, really on some square up, like, you yeah. know what I mean so, but college, but college overall was still fun. Like, there was a lot of cool, cool experiences. I remember one time that I had brawls in college and in you know, high school. One time, and I, it was an accident—not an accident. It was a big ass brawl between the football team and niggas from and niggas from the city. So I'm a nigga from the city, but I'm part of the football team. So it's a, it a weird balance. It's like if you don't like know a lot of football, if you didn't fight for your fellow football player, your coach would literally be mad at you. Like you'd be running laps the next day. Like if, it was, if there, there was no cop shit. Yeah, there was a football fight, and a football player lost. We all were in trouble. So yeah. it's kind of like, even if I didn't like somebody, I remember, sidebar, I remember I got into a small altercation. Yo, I swung on homie, and then like legit somebody covered my hand and my middle linebacker came through and slept him. And he was just like, yo, Appleton, like I'm not going to practice tomorrow. Coach, be like, yo, why? like, yo, like, hey, job is done, money." Like And he just walked away. Because it's kind of like, yo, we all had to, it was literally like everybody had to have each other's back. But in this other altercation, yo, some dude about to cut some dude face open. I mean, like, like niggas like that, for some reason, like, he was in the South Bronx in Brooklyn that was fascinated with this whole like like, little jail shit? Like cutting nigga shit like And I'm like, where did the blade come from? Like, yo, I'm like, what type of old school Spanish, like, like big pun listen terra squad uh, shit you want? My son Peoples from uh, from Shaft. Yeah, like Peoples, like keep in touch type shit. Yo, bro, the nigga, no lie. So I'm sitting there, the crazy part about it's homies on my football team. I ain't really know him like that. But the other dude, I'm not gonna say his name. Like, yo, he legit just said like this. Like, he like he brought, like, I ain't gonna lie, he's fighting, fighting, fighting. He took him up town, whoop, bomb, dropped him. Took him uptown town again, whoop, dropped him. So then he legit, after that, he picks up his face and holds his face like this. And out of nowhere, he just did some and took it out his hand. And he's like, literally about to cut his face. And I just grabbed his hand, like, nah, you wildin', bro. And then he tries again, like, nah, you wildin', bro. But I also understood in that moment, like, that's like, we cool enough that you're not, like, we not going have to get into it. But it's also to a space where it's kind of like, yo, bro, I'm not gonna let you do that. Like, also, it's like I know him, so I don't want you to cut his face. But I know you, and I'm not like, at the day, nobody came to school to get their face cut open, bro. And yeah. you didn't come to school to cut somebody's face open. Like, that's just not what we here for. The next day, his girl came up to me like, yo, thank you. Like, even though like he's mad, like, thank you. He kept walking around talking about Captain Save him, Captain Save him. Why are you out here saving these hoes? I'm like, yo, and it bro, was, it was like you knew in this moment, this ruins your life. Not, like, you I, can I, have a squabble. Squabbles are fine. That's, that's human, but, it is human. but you I shouldn't make a decision that's going to alter, alter your life the rest of, of your life. life. And I, the irony is that for, for some reason, and I, I'll probably equate this to my parents and my family, that like, I always knew the severity of the consequences of a moment in the moment, like my entire life. Like there Same. never was a, like my, my sister at the time, I, I was always stupid, never ignorant. I always knew what was better, but did something else. I never was in a situation where I didn't know what was better. So even when it came time of like niggas moving work, flipping, scamming, all those things, I always knew that like, yo, that wasn't for me because it's just like the consequences of it, like I'm just doing this to be flawed. Like I never was, I never had the story like I got to be outside so my mom can eat or I got to go help my mom pay this rent. Like that never was my story. So because of that, I just took that and I I just tried to build upon what my parents had built upon. Like I'm second generation entrepreneur. Like I'm second generation creative or third generation creative. Like I understand those things. Like my dad has taught me what it is to like pay to, to be your own man and have your own business. And my father's have signed thousands of dollars over to checks to me to pay me to do something to work in his business. So with those, I always had this balance of understanding what family is, um, what, what the black dollar is, but also being tapped into sports with being tapped into like the streets. So like it's, it was interesting. Like I'll never say I was a hood nigga, but I'm a street nigga. Like I knew enough. Like I knew just enough. So football ends. Yeah. Where does poetry pick up? Yo, the irony is that um, yo, football ends. I go to school, I get my associates, I come back home, I start working. Um, it's crazy because I said this shit in the project. I was like, yo, um, I blew I blew a bag because post post-college depression made me feel inferior. Um <laughs> like, yo, uh <laughs> I, I had this blue, I had this blue jaguar. Buttercream interior, had the wood grain, Come had some on, ten, had some tins, but they was clean though. And then like that car kept messing up with me, and blew mad money on it. Um but I was going through it. I was just going through it and then my man's died. I the irony went to go see his grave today, RIP to Steve O. D. He passed away on New Year's. And um I was going through life. I mean ups and downs. Like I mean drugging bad, like drinking lean, popping pills, smoking weed. I'm just chilling on the block all day. Like my block days were more in my like twenties, my twenties in between college because in between going to get my bachelor's because like life just got crazy. That's when it, yo, it's, it's um life gets harder when you put a goal in front of yourself. Yes, <laughs> it, does. It, like, does. Like, it does. Like, I know niggas that coasted through their whole time of getting their bachelor's and their associates. But my friends who said, who made the decision to change their lives, life instantly got harder the moment you say, hey, you know what, I think I'm going to, Think we're gonna do something great? Yeah, no, hundred percent, thousand percent. But I feel like it's the universe tests you to see how bad that you really, really want that shit. And, yeah. and like to me, that's my viewpoint on it. So um I'm going through it. I'm just bad. I'm wilding. I'm in this toxic ass relationship. Um, And my man passes away. So literally, I'm in the hospital because my mom, like, my mom has always had like just regular. I'm not saying it's sad that it's regular. Um, Caribbean parentship, with the high blood pressure, the diabetes, yeah. all the curry gold and oxtail and all that shit. The salt, the sodium is too much. So I'm in the hospital with her the night before, and I'm starting to develop to that age. And my sister is like, "Yo, I always have to deal with this because I was the, she was the oldest. Yeah. Like now you have to have the reality of no, your parents are are human." Your parents have issues. Your parents, like, that was the first time he realizing all of this, like, the diet. Like, I knew about it, but the extent of them pricking them and the blood pressure and your blood sugar and, like, learning all these things. So I'm there, and my sister's like, I can't come right now. My brother's away, so I'm dealing with my mom, and the next day is my bro's funeral. And I'm sitting here like, yo, if I don't say anything, it's going to bother me, but I don't know what to say. And in that moment, I felt like when he passed away, we wasn't on our best terms, and that hurt me. It did hurt. So I felt like I had to say something. So I'm sitting there literally writing up something while I'm crying. And um, the next day we get there, they call up all the friends. They don't want to say anything. And everybody's speaking. Everybody's speaking. Everybody's speaking. And they're like, does anybody else to say? And I'm there. And I'm just like, yo, bro, you just got to do it. So then I go. I read what was off my phone. And everybody was just like amening and like applauding. And then like, just the emotions of it was just a lot. And it's um, from that day, it felt like therapy. Like that's why, like at one point, it's, like my intro, like ah, oh, I'm Cito Blanco. Some people call me a poet. I'd say I just talk my shit. It's because I didn't feel like I was a poet. Like I didn't feel like I was on some to be or not to be shit, or I wasn't on my, yeah, a skull skull, or I wasn't on a Nuyorican poetry slam like type of the way that everybody was going about it. Like I felt like it was a very interesting space for me. Um, so then I just kept on performing as a sense of like therapy. But then every time I would go, people would be like, "Yo, just keep talking your shit." So to a space when you. Your emotions, your, your your ego's low. Life is fucking with you. You're going through death. You do drugging. Um, you just haven't like so much is happening. When somebody applauds you for anything, it's a moment. It's a moment. So eventually, you kind of like you know I'm gonna just keep doing this shit because whatever it is, the universe is showing me love for this. So as time goes on, I just keep on doing it and like it's like people's like oh I want to do this show, I'll do this show, let's do this show, and it just kept on going from show to show to show to building on it. And as time went on, I eventually go to Rican Poetry Cafe. Um, I learned from one of my mentors, Job ja Poetic. Um, he's an OG in the poetry game. I used to just sit there and learn. Like I mean, going Wednesday nights like losing. Because the process to go to Norican Poetry Cafe is that every Wednesday night, you have to be number one on Wednesday nights to get a chance to slam on Friday night. And the Friday nights the heavy hitters. That's when the shit's packed out, all the um the, the writers and the colleges and the, the people that come from overseas and they write wait online, like, it's a packed house. Like, a Friday night at the New and Poetry Cafe, if anybody's been there, like, this shit is lit. Like, it's, it's a zoo. You got to move people out the way just to get to the stage. Like, you get off the stage, people's paying you tips, that you selling out on books, like, it's an amazing feeling. So I'm going through this gauntlet Wednesday night, Wednesday night, Wednesday night. I'm going to do, like, 30 Wednesday nights, and I'm just like, y'all can't break through. I just couldn't break through. And like, my, my thing is that I wasn't going to change my style. I wasn't going to, because there's a certain specific way people like to hear poetry. Yeah. I came off as like more of a battle rap, battle, battle rap, loudy, kind of rowdy way. And people didn't necessarily been receptive to that. But to me, that was genuinely how I felt when I was on the block, I'm around my niggas, and this is how we speak. Like when I was on that football field, this is how we speak. When you're in an argument on the block or you're rolling dice, it's like, fuck out of here. This is how we speak. So I'm not going to change my diction based on my environment for y'all because the words that I'm saying and the pain I'm expressing is coming from this place. So I need y'all to digest this the way I'm saying it because it matters just as much as what I'm saying. So that molded me to stay. And I started to change a little bit. and And then when I started to change, I was losing more. And then eventually I said, nah, I'm not doing that. So eventually, I get to Friday night. I start killing Friday nights. I'm eventually about to make the um, I'm about to make the Nurekan the Poetry Team. Then I go, I go to the finals a couple times. I end up losing. Nurekan Poetry Team, they go to Carabana, bro. They go to they go to Trinidad Tobago. They go slam out there, all expenses paid for. Like so, this is like big time type shit. Like to a point, they take the top four. I end up being fifth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nice. So they, and then that's the BRC <laughs> team, and then the Nurekan Poetry Team. They take the top three. I end up being four. So it was one of those moments I couldn't get over. The irony is the time that it was my time for the dudes that was that went. I'm not gonna lie, they had more years in it and they 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 studied their craft. Their diction was on point. Like I, looking back, they deserved it more than me. That's just the truth. By the time my time came and I qualified and I was big homie, COVID hit. <laughs> COVID hit, and we're here, and we're here. <laughs> COVID COVID. Um, you know? So don't get me wrong, before COVID I drop a book, ninety-eight cents. You do. Um I do a little bit of tour like, thank you. <laughs> you wanna go cop 98 cents on Amazon. Um I tour, I hit a couple cities. I tour. I hit a couple cities, I go to Philly. Um shout out to Maui the writer, shout out to Kira J, shout out to Justin Mike the poet. I ain't might writing at that time yet, but um I go tour. I, I tour, I go Philly, I go Baltimore. Um I go I did I stood a New York show, I go Philly, I go Baltimore. And then um, I come back home. I drop the book, get a good receptive, make some money, and then I go LA. I went LA, went Baltimore, went DC, went Boston. Then then, I, then now I'm on the road a little bit. Then I come back home. Then then we go. I get back on the BRC. I do that. Qualify. COVID hits. Then once COVID hit, we just chilling for, it for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Um, I did a lot of writing during COVID, but I didn't drop none of the projects. Then before you know it, Tips hits us like, "Yo, man's on the road, bro. Let's go on the road, bro." But but you're also forgetting something that happens in that moment, though the pandemic happens. Yeah, um, we are running around with our friend tips. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Jay Tips. Shout out to the whole saving save worldwide. Right? Um, but you, in that moment, have a full circle moment too. Yeah, yeah. Um, the irony of it. Yeah, like as you go back to the uh, <laughs> talking about football, um, all the years that I, I dreamed of like being in the NFL and getting paid by the NFL. Um, God threw me a, a aha moment, like aha. Uh-huh. I uh-huh. end up, um, I I put myself in a situation where I post a video while we on the road, and then um, my friend, my friend actually mouse actually mouse helped me with that. Shout out to mouse. Yeah, shout Jones. out to Mouse Jones. Love just, Mouse Jones. You know, I love Mouse. so I appreciate that. Like Mouse really helped me with that. He ended up on um, plugging me with a lady, and then she plugged me with the NFL. And They were having a program because at the time you got to understand like as we were with the pandemic, I was actually in the streets. I'm protesting. My family's looking at me like, "Yo, like you like if COVID is crazy, I'm on the streets." I'm, not, I'm gonna keep it so funky. I'm on the streets, right? And everybody's like, yo, you should go say a poem. You should do this. People's hate me to like do poems and and all that. And I was more on the energy of like, nah, bro, like I'm not even trying to speak. Like, I just wanna be a soldier right now. Like I was mad with the cops. Niggas certain niggas was fighting cops. I seen cops getting beat up on certain streets and stuff. And then like they hop like on a bike. So I was more on the field that way. I ain't gonna lie, I was on 42nd Street. And um, we're gonna get back to the NFL part. But I was on 42nd Street, and I remember um my son um Dio from Father Stretch My Bands was out there, and no funny shit, I'm squared up with a cop legit squared up, and he's throwing a little baton shit, and I'm really like, I'm not swinging, but you know when you slap boxing, you like, yeah. you looking for the right, and in my head I'm kind of like, yo bro, you really about to swing on a cop right now? And like, yo, no lie, like he was there, and some other cop tried to grab me, I just turned around and just booked it, bro, and I was just like, yo, I sat in and looked at myself in the middle of the street with a conscious mind like, yo bro, like this whole martyr syndrome could like destroy you. Like this whole, oh yeah, that's a fact. if you want to like, You fighting for the revolution and Martin Luther King and Malcolm X got arrested. So if you get arrested for it, that means you're really about that life. And I was battling with that during COVID. Like, my art, because I feel like, to be honest with you, I feel like I missed the moment. Um, My art is about empowerment. It's about the revolution. It's about the black dollar, about enhancing and melanated people. Don't get me wrong. I talk my shit and have fun when it comes to, like, lifestyle shit. And I feel like in that moment, that was the time for it. And I felt like I didn't necessarily give... The world what I had but I realized I was also in a different place of like survival like my mom getting sick and taking care of the rental properties and, and other things of that sort so to bring it back around it was like as all these things are happening God gives me this full circle moment I post something mouse helps me out with it and then the NFL hits me up and the NFL just doesn't only hit me it hit me up and they say yo we're doing something about Black Lives Matter we want the NFL to understand the narrative because we understood what the NBA was doing. But we all know the plantation bobs of the NFL. Oh, I mean, uh, you know, the NFL is a Negro fun League. 100%. So. so we know, like, the slave mentality and how yeah. the NFL is viewed and how they view their players. So, like, literally they hit me up and they said, bro, we know it's the NFL. And we know how we're viewed. And we're trying to change that. And as we have our seminars, and, if we have, and we, those dudes from Howard on there... It was like there was players and coaches and, and professors and everybody was trying to explain the narrative of what's taking place. And they just wanted to have a certain level of spoken word in between that to set the tone and let people feel it. So it was a great opportunity for me. But I think one thing that I love about the opportunity while it's paying forward is that they also gave me an opportunity to put on two other people. And in that space of putting two other people, I got to put on two, or two others of my friends that end up getting paid by the NFL as well. But I always dreamed of getting a check from the NFL to play football, and that never happened. But I ended up getting a check from the NFL based on my spoken word and poetry. And I felt like it was was very sentimental for me because I felt like I never forgave myself for how I handled my football career from high school and turning up on my coach, from quitting, from even the position that I played. And a lot of times I just thought, like, did I mess up? Did I make a mistake? Like, was that supposed to be what life was supposed to be? Even if I didn't make it, was I supposed to be a coach? Was I supposed to be that? And when I got that check, my soul was at peace. Because I knew that what God had in store for me, it wasn't that. That I made the right decision. And I'm on the right track. And what he has in store for me is going to be like plentiful. And when my cup runneth over, like trust me, like we, we, we freaking skinny dipping in that bitch. I think that that, I remember when you posted it on Instagram. And you posted it without even opening it. No. You were just looking at it. Yo, bro. Trying to process it And seeing that shield Seeing the NFL in the corner And then seeing your name on the envelope Like It's tough bro Because Like when checks come in You won't be seeing logos you're yes. be seeing certain things. You know what a check look like. Yeah, you like it. you can feel it. <laughs> like, hey, you know what the hey, check feel hey, like. You like, like uh, thin, my, that thing that's thin money. Sting like the side on front the front joints. The, that's the, that, was, that was the first bing bong, nigga. Like when that check came, <laughs> you like lit. Rip the side, rip the side. Open it up. Yeah, yeah I me? Mean. Pay me, nigga. Show me the money, you know? Facts. So when I seen it come, pause. I, I was like, <laughs> I was sitting there. I'm just like. The irony about amazing moments in life, you don't know that they're going to be amazing until you're in it. And you're you're always by yourself. Yes. And because there's something about that (laughs) reflection of being by yourself. So literally, I didn't expect it. So when I'm opening it, nobody taking the mail, looking at the mail, when I should hit my hands, I said, yo. I ain't going to lie, I cried. Because in that moment, it's like manifestation is so real. It is. So when you manifested something for so long, and then you gave up on it to a certain extent, but then God gave it to you in another way, and it wasn't a crazy amount, but the the value of my the value of faith sir, was surplus more than what the check was because it showed me that like yo, God ain't forget about you. But you gotta be true to yourself and true to the purpose he gave you. So if you stay true to that, this is gonna come tenfold. And the irony is that, like after that, like after that, I ended up getting two big L's. Like I went for the Remy Martin commercial, I didn't get it. I actually went to the BET. Like I literally, two days after my dad caught a stroke, he's in the hospital, and I'm like, I'm not even gonna go to do this commercial because I do the audition. I do the audition. They stick for BET George Floyd documentary. I do the audition. And I'm like, I'm not even going to do it. My whole family's in town. They're like, nah, you got to go do it. Dad will want you to go do it. So I'm emotional. I go on set. And like the dude is like, yo, it's amazing to finally meet you. Everybody giving me love. I'm talking about full blown. What's the, what's the dude from Houston? The d- ball had to do with the grills? Um, uh, uh, shoot, what's in the name? Um, I forgot. True? true? Huh? Not uh, the, the rapper the rapper Trey the Truth trade the Truth trade the Truth was outside yeah. um, I know like you know what I'm saying um, Black Thoughts was supposed to be a part of it so um, so many people was so a part of this process so I get there and I'm like wow I see all these amazing people and then they showing me love I'm talking about full-blown, like you, you made it, like you got the ginger rails on the table with all the food snacks Talk about want, the ginger rails, very important. It's important. You go upstairs, there's a camera here, there's a camera here, there's a camera on the ceiling. Like, How do you feel? Do you want me to check your fit? Do you make up? Do Yo, they me? make up, they wipe all that shit, like wipe it down. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You're feeling good. So that's then fun. I do all of that. The person that also is a part of it, like that's one of the bros and he's just like, oh my God, I'm happy you're here. Now that you're here, I feel more comfortable. Everybody's just showing you love, bro. I kill it. I mean, kill this performance like, I mean, the way, like the way I killed this performance, I was just like, yo, there's no way I'm getting dubbed. Another situation, they hit me up like, yo, we're going to LA, what poets you know out there? Poets of your caliber to the extent that could perform how you did. I mean, one take poppy, like, yo, did it and that was it. Like, it was no, like, they were on yeah. different angles, but it was like, right there, right there. To a point, everybody just sat there like, yo, yo what? Like, you know when you first get on, like, the set, everybody's kind of like, yeah, 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 who this nigga, whatever. Yeah. But by the time you leave the set, they like, they not even give you a pound, they shaking your hand. Yeah, like, you know they, what I'm saying, they're, 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 they're coming to process what they just saw. Exactly. And they're starting to realize, like, oh, okay, that you're somebody. So that feeling alone just gave me your um, reassurance. So happens that legit, um your cover been tough, man. Um, I I go, and, like, the day before it's about to premiere, I'm like, bet. Dude texts me, like, yo, today's about to premiere. It's going to be amazing. Like, your great job. You did such a dope job. Ah, uh-uh. ah. I'm, I'm like, I'm not sure to tell my family yet. Like a part of me is like, it's this weird thing about, I'm not going to say being a black man, but listen in life, you hear a lot of no's. And when you be hearing those no's, and it's Make tough it. because especially being from New York sometimes, like you'll get a certain amount of no's. And I learned this like in my process. Like sometimes you don't like you don't need certain accolades for you. Sometimes you need to accolade for the people that believe in you. Like sometimes you want the people that you want the that, yes, so the yes, the yes can give them give, a space to breathe. Give, give them a space to breathe because they believe in you, they've invested in you, they spend time in you. They, they when they go to work, they talk about you. When, when things come up, they process you. They sell they book. To, they sell they sell my book to their friends, my merch to their friends. So in that moment, I'm like, "Yo, mom, I think I'm gonna be on BET tonight." She's like, "What?" Like, she, like, about to call the whole family. you like, relax. Yeah, like, I'm like, yo, chill. About to call the whole family, tell everybody. And, like, I'm just like, I went to go get a haircut. I'm like, yo, bro, like, should I be excited for myself? Like, yo, this is a big step, bro. But I'm like, nah, keep cool, keep cool. Like, stay the process. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's a marathon. Trust the process. So I'm sitting there like, yo, there's going to be a big moment. Like, yo, first debut on national TV. Like, yo, it's going to be big. Hit hey, dude. He's like, yo, man, you got to make some editing cuts. And yo, yo, you didn't make it. So one dude is hitting me like, yo, thank you for helping the project. You're such a work, I can't wait to work with you again. Uh-uh. Other dude is telling me like, yo, you didn't make the cut. And it's tough because it's like, I don't know, like me personally, sometimes when you get that, oh, it's okay, or maybe next time. It, I, I get it, but it kind of stings more, you know, because you because you feel like you work so hard for it that you need. It's not just you want it for you. You want it for the people that love you and support you. Yeah. So um, I didn't get it, but then it, but 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 once again, that check kind of gave me a like. There's certain things in your process. Anybody that's fighting for anything, there's certain things that once you get it, it gives you enough fight in you to take a certain amount of level of nose again. And, you need that. Yeah, I think I think um, the nose builds you up. Yes, it's character building, and it's you necessary. can't have. People who have a whole bunch of yeses I'm more fearful for them Because they've never had a no Yeah 100% Like I've had so many no's That like No's teach you how to go Just get it yourself Yeah it does It really does And also And I learned this too Is like When you're not hearing no no's You're also not pushing the bar Like if And this is And this is something I have to learn myself Like There's moments and times I get complacent And I'll chill And I'm like yo bro You're hearing too many yeses if I'm hearing too many yeses, that means that I'm already at this level. There's this time when it's kind of like, who's out here that's going to tell me, no, I'm not there yet? Because you're telling me I'm not there yet is going to also show me what I got to do to get there. Absolutely. And I, that's one of my biggest things of like, you got to push the bar. You got to go get it. So, like, there's a certain amount of yeses you got to hear. a certain amount of maybes you got to hear. and a certain amount of noes you got to hear. And it, and it gives you a space to understand how to negotiate. It gives you a space to understand like, in what spaces and arenas can I bring or take my talent? Because it's not easy. It's not easy at all. So it's um it's difficult. And the irony too is just like yo, like my aunt just that just passed away too. I remember that day of like she was so excited about the BET thing. She was so, so excited about the BET thing. And it didn't necessarily like it didn't necessarily transpire. And then um I I don't get the BET and then like two what I'll say two months later I'm on tour. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, I'm like, we ain't doing eighteen cities. Selling out, packed out houses. I'm like, books is selling, merch is selling. People's looking at you like you know what I'm saying. You the, the, like, like you know what I'm saying. You the next Barry White, (laughs) like you know what I'm saying. Looking at you, the voice, like, like yeah, like because people's in the house, yo, and and experiences. Like, I mean, from Detroit to Cleveland to Chicago to Atlanta, black people in that, black people, and especially to be honest, black women. Like, 85 percent of the crowd was women, so it's just like, yo, it was a. It was an experience. It really was an experience. And it taught me so much. But when I came back home, it also gave me a different perspective of damn. Like, sometimes when you're going for your dream, nobody talks about this part. Matter of fact, fuck the dream. Sometimes when you're accomplishing your goals, nobody talks about this part. When you realize that you can manifest it. That God gave you everything that you need to get it done. And you have the game plan. But then there's still parts of you you haven't healed yet. Or confronted, and you haven't got it done. It could be imposter syndrome. It could be um, like not, not dealing with your demons. It could be not unpacking certain things. But then it gets to a space within you where you're like, "Yo, what's stopping me from getting here to here?" Bro, and and you realize it's not it's not the world no more. You realize that the answer is you. Like no matter what it is, it, it, it's something. It's something because your reality is only a reflection of you. Yeah. And how people treat you. So when you get right, I feel like the world, not necessarily, it's not about them getting right or wrong. Your lens starts to shift and you start to see certain people moving fake as moves in the matrix. Like, ah, you moved fake, but that creates space for me to do this. Ah, you showed a little bit of love, but then now it gives me a little courage to do this. Ah, you staying still, so the, your patience could be your downfall right now, because that's the moment to move. Then somebody else is moving too fast. Now, my patience gives me the space to comprehend and see and analyze and then make another move. So to me, it's like the sports reference says it a lot, but the game doesn't slow down. The game does slow down. And it slowed down for me. And um, came back home. Put on an amazing show at the Bronx Brewery. Like, I mean... Shout like, out to the Bronx Brewery. Shout out to the love, Bronx Brewery. Love, the Bronx, love Brewery. the Bronx Brewery. Amazing show at the Bronx Brewery. And the irony is that my same aunt that was so excited about the BET thing pulled up that night and seen it, and she was just so proud, Um, so amazed. It was a, such an amazing thing. And she was just like... She was just like so proud and just like had so much love in her heart. The irony is like that was the last day that I seen her like really, really alive. And it just kind of like... It sticks, it sticks with me. You know what I'm saying? COVID is tough. Um, it's hard out here, but um it and with that it is once again like life tests you. But yeah. it's like your God is kinda like, What you want me to do with that? Like <laughs> like I can't give up now. Like so, like I like one of the things that like stuck with me too is the last thing that she wore to the hospital was my merch. Like you think like, I can't stop making merch now. <laughs> I can't like you know what I'm saying, like I can't like it's it's almost one of those situations where it's just like 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 you know what I'm saying? Like I think what was it like um like 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 uh in Stomp the Yard, it's like we gotta keep pushing, we gotta keep going. It's, you know what I'm saying? We almost dead. Oh brother. And it's like those things just stick in my head of just like what 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 keeps us going. And um I don't know, like it seems like so much testimony and like death and life is around my heart, but it it, it um it's just life. It's just life. But I think that's what what you speak about, I think for creatives, um, it's, it's kind of like our origin story. Yeah. Um, everyone has an origin story, like something that puts them in the next chapter of their life where they have to move with a certain degree of intent. Yes. Um, you know, when you brought that up, I thought about the same kind of thing happened with my aunt. My aunt passed away. Um, the same year I started podcasting. Like I, I, twenty fifteen she passed away, twenty sixteen, so I saw, saw I saw a podcasting. And you know, she never heard any of the things that I do now, but um the conversations that I had with her put me in a space where it was comfortable for me to do this. And I think for you for her to see you in your glory, see you in your grace, now you know so much more is riding on that. That's a fact. Because there's, you, you cherish the people who are here to see it, yeah. but you also remember the people who are not here to see it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and also, and, I, ha, and I'm, I had this before, and, some, and tour to a certain extent change it. When you do it, like when you, when you have to be great every single night, travel to different cities, um, you're not eating well, you're probably drinking, you're spending time, you're using your energy in other places that we ain't gonna talk about. You're but definitely you, not gonna talk but about it. You know on the what show. we're talking about. Um, it, it starts to make you feel like, dang, it's a job. But those moments of like, you, know, you don't know when the, the last time somebody's gonna see you perform or somebody's gonna be around you, it makes you look and wanna be on that stage. And every time you touch that stage, you give everything that you have to your best ability at every time. And, and I was on that, and at times you kinda lose it, but I'm back on that. Like every moment, every second, every bar, um, it, it gives you that. And um, also, I, cause so much happened at Bronx Burger that made me mad, that I was upset about. I remember I was heated. And now that night seems so beautiful to me because now I understood what that was. And right now it's like, and it's on a project and the project is coming soon. It's probably one of the last thoughts we can end with is that like, now I have the grace for my mentions that lacked intention. Yeah, I agree. Isn't now it, I have the re- grace. Repeat it so people can get that. Now I have the grace for my mentions that lacked intentions. And it just makes me just realize that, yo, like, just because somebody added you and it was your time, understand that if you don't have the space, the energy, and the intention to get it done, it's okay for what it was. But realize that you need the intentions now for dimensions in the future, and God will give you the grace. I agree. See, though, it's the top of the year. Yeah. Um,. I love that we did this at the top of the year because it's just I'm really excited to see what you do this year. Um I think Me too, that man. you've Me too. put yourself in a space where you're back to being a creative, you're back to being a, a boss, like, you know, shout out to the Subway Sound Network, yeah, Voice of the People, Voice of the Streets. Um and we're we're creating people's dreams as well. Yeah. I and it's so. and, and it's so it has to be just as rewarding for you as it is to me um, to see people excited in their creative space. That's a fact. Again. Um, yeah. To me, this is the ultimate level of paying it forward. Um I think T D Jake said that she's like, yo, if the purpose stops with you, then it's too small. And, I can see T D Jake saying that. And in that aspect I've just learned and realized that um all the times that I'm happy something happened, I was also happy for the other people that it happened for it too. So I have no problem like, like, yo, I'm the dude anybody can ask. Yo, like, you need a question, like you want any in the poetry joint, in the art world, and any in anything I can help. If you hit my line and I got the time, I'm gonna pay, I'm gonna give you the gems. Because I've learned that I can tell you exactly what I've done and like, or I can tell you how people have done it, but it doesn't mean you're gonna do it. Yeah. And some people gonna get it, and sometimes you just plant the seed. And you're not gonna get it today, but once life waters it. Gives you some sunlight, you're going to have your growth tomorrow. So um, I'm just trying to pay it forward, fulfill my purpose, um, and make the people that believe in me and love me, make sure that like they made the right decision with that. Yosito, thank you for pulling up, bro. I, oh, I sure. really appreciate it. Um, tell the good people of the Live From the Sue podcast where they can find you. Um, You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Everything is Cito Blanco. That's C-I-T-O-B-L-A-N-K-O. The K is like a knockout. Um, So that's C-I-T-O-B-L-A-N-K-O. I I said a K-O. It's in the description. Don't worry about it. I got you. That's a fact. That's a whole fact. Um, This year we got a lot of things going. A lot of things going. I'm excited. Yeah. Like, we yo, we're, we, we made a network this year. That's a Last fact. Last year. Like, we, made like, like, we made a network. We made a network. Like, we have a network. That's a fact. A whole <laughs> network. So, so, it's, like, lit. it's up. And I'm very right? happy that nah. we did this. Come nah. and it's, I promise, like, this is just the start. Yo, Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood. I'm talking to you. I'll be there soon. Bro, you already know who I am. I'll be I there am soon. Robbie Digital. See, though, thank you again for coming to the show. I appreciate it. Yo, this is live from the Stoop Podcast. You know what I mean? So, until next time...